Howdy. Pull up a seat. Snuggle up with your dog. Cuddle with your kitty. Put on your headphones as you nuzzle with your horse. You've found the Dr. Andy's World Podcast, a show for those interested in empowerment, empowering you to know what you know about your animals, the world, and everything in between. And now, let's join our host, facilitator of all things animal, Dr. Andy Harper. Welcome, welcome everybody to Dr. Andy's World here on Inspired Choices Network. I want to welcome you to today's show. How exciting. We have one of our favorite guests back on the air, Dr. Judy Jasek. And today, October 23rd, 2020, we are talking about in the pumpkin patch. So it is October. <laughs> so we it's have so a seasonal. Halloween theme. <laughs> it is. It's very seasonal. Yes. Um, and this week in the pumpkin patch, uh, myself and Dr. Judy will be uh, talking about carbs and starches in our dog's diet. Um, and pumpkin is one of those popular items that everyone seems to throw into the dog bowl um, whenever there's some GI distress. So we're going to talk about the pros and cons of all of that. And we have our um, one of our favorite guests and resident expert, Dr. Judy Jakesick, with us. Um, and she uses her knowledge that she has gained over her 30 plus years of practicing. She is a a veterinarian, and she has developed a unique whole body approach to both treating and preventing cancer. And a big part of that is changing your animal's diet, which we will, we usually talk about and we will talk about once again. Um, she looks at the whole animal and supports the natural healing ability of the body with that nutrition, detoxification, and eliminating underlying causes of disease. So welcome back, Dr. Judy. Thank you, Dr. Andy. I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to be here, and you know, I'm I'm really excited about this carbohydrate topic. I must, I must need to get a life or something, I guess. If I know. This excites it's me. Funny what we get excited about, right? Oh. I I know, but you know, I'm I've been learning. Um, I'm currently attending a, a webinar, and there's there's so much more information coming out about the microbiome and. Like we've known for a while how important this is, but the key is feeding it appropriately. And carbs, you know, weigh in really heavily, both on the good and bad end of that. So it's it's pretty interesting because I think this is just uh, just a such a, a important topic for our pets. And we we were what together last week. Riggs came in to see you for. His no, was it Gizmo? I don't know. It, we now it, I, I now have two dogs going in for it was Gizmo. Okay. It was for Gizmo. ozone. And <laughs> we started talking about carbohydrates. Um and then I don't know, I think I already had you on the show. So it was funny that you brought up that topic. And so ah, the joys of carbs. And what's even funnier is I just had a webinar on the human gut on Saturday for ten hours. Oh, <laughs> the wow. Large intestine. Yeah, and SIBO and what to feed it and all the new technology that's out there to really evaluate it, at least on the people side, has grown massively in just the last few years, which I didn't realize I hang out with dogs so much. Um, so I'm sure it's headed our way. Okay. Um, of course, our wonderful, fabulous, giggly producer, Keisha, is with us. Um, and then if you need to get a hold of me at any other time, um, you can get a hold of me at drandysworld.com. So let's jump in. 
to add pumpkin or not to add pumpkin to your dog's diet? Yes, no, yeah. maybe so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was a question for me. Okay. Okay. That was kind of. Got it. I thought maybe you were going to say something else after that. No. But. Okay. Okay. No, that pause was kind of throwing that out there. That pause was for me. Well, here's the thing. It depends. I know people love that answer, mm -hmm. but in so much of right. pet health, it depends. And I think we need to be really careful about, you know, these things come out like pumpkin, you know, the whole thing about, you know, feeding some pumpkin if your pet has diarrhea, that's been around a long time. That point of view that that's good. Yeah. And it, it may help some pets, but not all pets. So I think we need to be really careful about one size fits all anything in, in medicine. And, and I see that happening a lot. You see these trends and things, you know, show up on social media and in the veterinary profession. I think, I think so many veterinarians, especially on the conventional side, um, just get stuck in these, you know, practitioner ruts where they just, you know, they get a diagnosis, they put a name to something and then they just treat it all, you know, the same. Every pet with that diagnosis gets, gets treated the same. So I think, I think pumpkin I mean, some pets might have some benefit, but I think we also need to look at what's going on. So if a pet gets diarrhea, well, we need to look at, well, where is that coming from? Is you know, did the pet get into the garbage? Did it go out and eat a bunch of something in the garden it wasn't supposed to? Or what's throwing off the gut in in the first place? Because if it's something like that, like the pet ate something it wasn't supposed to, just throwing more stuff into the gut isn't necessarily going to help. If we have more of a chronic microbiome issue, so more of a, a chronic gut issue, chronic diarrhea, chronic digestive issues, then maybe that little bit of extra carb could help. So if, if I was going to add any carbohydrate into the diet, it would definitely be like a, high, a low glycemic, high fiber type of carb, but in the interest of feeding the microbiome. And the, the really tricky thing about the microbiome is it's different for every individual. There, there are, there, there's more genetic material in our microbiomes than there is in the whole rest of our body. So really we're just like a spot for this bacteria to grow. You know, same in our pets, you know, just all this bacteria there. And so we need to figure out to give an individual what is going to feed their ideal microbiome the best because sometimes if a pet's sick like they got diarrhea or they're vomiting a little best thing to do is to fast them just let everything rest and let that gut rest and heal rather than putting more stuff in there's this knee-jerk reaction we got to treat we got to treat we got to give it something we got to give it more mm -hmm. we're well, just giving the gut more work to do if it's acute and the other thing that i think is really important is diversity so just dumping a bunch of of pumpkin in if we have chronic GI issues may not be the the best choice maybe a mix of pumpkin with some other vegetables maybe even some you know low glycemic berries or something like that um, again in the interest of feeding the the microbiome that that we want to be growing in there now when it comes to other carbs like processed grains 
pretty much anything you'll find in kibble. Kibble is awful. I mean, there's just, there's no good kibble. It's dead, toxic food. Just don't feed it. If you want your pet to be healthy, just don't feed it. Um, but the grains, the lentils, beans, peas, all this stuff you see in a highly processed kibble type diet, those are always bad. Always, always, always bad. If we're going to add any healthy carbs in to maybe help feed the microbiome, um, add some diversity into the diet. They need to be whole food and low glycemic, which means that they don't raise the blood sugar as much as your grains or other processed carbs might. Yeah, and that kibble is also 30, what, 30 to 50% carbohydrate, period, across yeah. the board. Yeah, and, they, and that's and not that's, even getting into the actual ingredients. Right, and it doesn't show up on the label. Like they don't tell you it's 50% mm -mm. carbohydrate. This is like, it's like a hidden fact. They don't really want you to, to know that um, because they want you to focus on the fat and the protein and all these other nutrients that most people are looking for. But if they actually put on there the amount of carbohydrate, yeah, a lot of them are up to 50% carbohydrate, which all breaks down into glucose. So basically, it's yeah. like half the bag is sugar, essentially. Essentially, yes. And there is actually a, mat, um, a mathematical formula to figure out your carbohydrate level, but it's not easy. And it's specifically not on the labels. You don't know unless you do math. And um, I still always have to look it up if I happen to be checking on something for a client that continues to want to feed kibble. Because like you said earlier, people ask, oh, I feed a good kibble. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't even have to tell me the, the brand anymore. No. Um, because they, they're so high in carbohydrate, you want to get into where they get their ingredients. And you want to get into alternating diarrhea and constipation or good bowels and bad bowels, um, you, you don't know where those ingredients come from, from bag to bag to bag, even if you're buying the same thing. Right. Um, it, it's, I mean, the levels of what could be in that bag and what could be going on, your, on with your dog is huge. Yeah, and you know, yeah. I hear, you know, raw, I mean, I recommend a lot of raw feeding, as I know you do, Dr. Andy, and, mm -hmm. and people will scrutinize it, and they'll ask, well, is it safe? And, and it baffles me, because do you know where those ingredients in the kibble is coming from? Like mm -hmm. you were just saying, you have no idea, and not only do we not know the sourcing, not only are they unhealthy to begin with, then they're highly processed, so you're going to be making you know, certain ingredients like the fats in there are actually rancid. They're actually toxic. Mm -hmm. It's full of synthetic vitamins and minerals, which is just adding more chemicals into your pet's body. And you don't even know if they're helping as opposed to a raw food diet where there's like six ingredients. And you can ask a simple question, mm -hmm. where, where are you sourcing your food from? And you know, you know, with, with a fairly good degree of certainty, where where your pet's food is coming from. Yep, and I've mentioned on this show before, I'm a control freak of magnitude. I am a control freak of my animal's diet. I'm not going to trust that to anybody else. So that's one of my favorite things about feeding raw. 
um, is I know exactly what's in that bowl every single time. Mm -hmm. And so if we have some GI distress, like you mentioned in the beginning, okay, what did I change? Because I'm in control of that. Did they get into something else? Because that could be the X factor. Um, but people that are feeding um, processed food, you, you don't know what that X factor is. Um, and those rancid fats can be a big deal with dogs that are alternating into diarrhea all the time. Um, they could be getting to an end of a very big bag. It's more rancid. It's bothering them. So they have this indiscriminate diarrhea all the time that then they're getting medicated for. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big control freak. I like it raw. Um, I don't actually put any veggies in my dog's diet on a regular basis. And everyone's so caught up on that. Um, can you say a little bit more about that and even in carbohydrate load and all of that? Because I think we're on the same page. It's mostly meat and oils is what I do mm -hmm. with my kiddos. Yeah, um, the meat and organ meats. I mean, I, I mm -hmm. firmly believe nutritionally that we can balance the diet with animal products, that we don't have to use vegetable matter to to balance the diet nutritionally as far as are we getting the right amounts of nutrients and protein and fat and vitamins and minerals i think for dogs um, and cats that's ideally done with with animal products but i like to increase things like extra organ meat it's not just about you're feeding, you know, a lot of raw blends are the 80-10-10 blends. We got 80% muscle meat, 10% bone, 10% organ. I think that's a lot of muscle meat for the diet to be uh, adequately balanced. But then we rotate in other things like additional organ meat, things like tripe, which is a natural, um, basically a whole food digestive supplement because it's got the enzymes and the, and mm -hmm. the um, bacteria and all the good stuff for the gut in it. So we rotate and we rotate through different proteins and rotate in different animal products. I think where I've been changing my tune just a little bit lately is when it comes to feeding the microbiome. And, and now, you know, if you have a pet that you're on this rotation of it, just animal foods and they're doing fantastic, then great. You know, I never argue with success, but I see a lot of chronic disease and things that you know, itchy skin dogs, just things like, where are we missing the boat? So when I start to ask that question, now I'm thinking microbiome, like, okay, maybe we need to just add in a few other things, not so much to balance the diet, but to feed the, the microbiome appropriately in that individual. So we need to take a break here. What can you define the microbiome for everyone, just so everyone has a really good idea what you're talking about? I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but what, yeah, could you just explain a little bit more about that and then we'll come back and we'll talk some more. Okay, so the microbiome basically is the bacteria flora, the populations of bacteria that live in the body normally. And these are, for the most part, healthy bacteria. I mean, you can have some some bacteria that are capable of causing disease, but if you have enough healthy bacteria and beneficial bacteria there, then the bacteria that can cause disease just don't ever get to be a big enough population where they can overgrow and, and cause a problem. And we're talking primarily about the gut, but there's a microbiome in your respiratory tract. There's a microbiome on your skin. Your skin is covered mm -hmm. in bacteria 
there's, there's beneficial good bacteria all over your body. Like I said, we're really just a whole bunch of bacteria. <laughs> Really, what we made? A whole bunch of bacteria. We are, yeah. yeah. I I should find the numbers, but my in my class, on we have more bacteria in our gut than we do have cells in our body. Yeah, like right. we live in a symbiotic relationship with bacteria, and actually, the more sterile we are, the bigger of an actual issue it is for our body because we our body actually likes that symbiotic relationship going on with the healthy bacteria, and feeding a higher carbohydrate load actually feeds those pathogenic bacteria. That's what they're living for is getting those sugars. And then they do have a better chance of overgrowing. Right. Is what? Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the other side of that carbohydrate load, pumpkin, kibble, vegetables, whatever. Right. Ex exactly. You have to, and we don't, we don't know. We're not going to know on a given individual, what's the, what does their microbiome need? Um, I think it, it takes some experimentation. And I think, I think that from what I've been learning lately about the microbiome is it's much more important to focus on feeding the microbiome we want to grow rather than just throwing probiotics at it. Because if we're not feeding, even if the bacteria in the probiotics are beneficial if we're not giving them the food they need to grow, they're not going to grow anyway. They're going to die. And with thousands of species of bacteria in the gut, and then you're going to throw five or six in there on a probiotic, and then they have to live, they have to travel all the way through the digestive tract down to the colon, yeah. which is where they're meant to grow. Are they even going to survive that? So to me, that explains yeah. why the results I see with probiotics is really a mixed bag. If they work, if I have a patient and they start a probiotic and the pet does better, then great, go for it. Mm -hmm. But I see results all over the place. And I, I want to set up, you know, my clients for success. I want to be making the recommendations that is going to improve their chances of success. And I think feeding the microbiome appropriately is is the best way to go. And, you know, they talk about this in people. The biggest key is diversity, just lots of little different things. Mm -hmm. So I start, you know, my own pets end up being my guinea pigs, of course. So, so, I've, yes. so I've started experimenting a little bit because I have one of my little dogs is itchy. You know, he's had chronic skin stuff and I've never been able to figure out what exactly to do to help him. And that, that's, that's caused a, a permanent resolution. So my latest experiment is just taking like a blend of vegetables with a little blueberry, and but a mix, you know, I'm talking, you know, five or six different things. I puree them up because dogs don't break down plant cell walls very efficiently in the digestive tract. So I blend them up and then I give him, I mean, he's just like a little 10 pound dog. So, I mean, I may give like a teaspoon um, in his meals and like, well, would adding that in maybe help feed some of the beneficial bacteria in his, in his microbiome. But again, we're doing diversity. So multiple different, you know, um, low glycemic vegetables, um, no grains or beans or potato or anything like that. Um, so that they're, they're low glycemic, we don't want to be spiking the blood, blood sugars. Anytime we spike the blood sugar and that raises insulin levels, that perpetuates inflammation in the body. So we really want to be keeping the 
the blood sugar low and adding in just a little bit um, of this extra diversity to hopefully help feed a, a healthy microbiome. And you know, we'll we'll see what happens, but it's it's something I'm starting to experiment with and I'm going to start suggesting to, you know, some of my clients that, you know, we're just not quite seeing the results that we would like to see. Awesome. Yeah, you'll have to keep me updated on that and I will keep the listeners updated um, <laughs> on that since we, we do get to hang out about every other week. So, okay, yeah. let's take our very first break and we'll come okay. back and we'll talk more about In the Pumpkin Patch with Dr. Judy Jasek here on Dr. Andy's World. We'll be right back. What do you know about animals? What do you know about your animals? Have you ever considered you might know more than you think you know? Welcome to Dr. Andy's World, where we celebrate all things animals and their people. Join Dr. Andy as she brings some fresh perspectives and fabulous guests to the conversation about animal care, communication, nutrition, behavior, training, and much more. It's all about empowering you to know what you know about your animals, the world, and everything in between. Check out everything going on in Dr. Andy's World at DrAndy'sWorld.com. And you can join Dr. Andy live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain, and 2 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Dr. Andy's World Podcast with facilitator of all things animals, Dr. Andy. Bring your questions to the show. Call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. In Canada, 613-800-8736. Or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also join us in the virtual chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com slash chatroom. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone, here to Dr. Andy's World Positive Podcast on Inspired Choices Network. Um, I am joined today by one of our special returning guests, Dr. Judy Jasek, and we are talking about In the Pumpkin Patch. So when is it, a, let's say we are talking to raw feeders, and they insist on adding carbohydrates. Is, what when is a good time to pull all the carbohydrates? Well, are you like, talking? What, what can they? Be, I don't know what. Okay, so I have clients that do come in and they are feeding raw and they're adding goat's milk and they're adding the pumpkin and they're adding some more vegetables and you know their vet just told them they have a staph infection, like that gut biome skin biome connection, which. 
I, I, it is splitting hairs that drives me nuts. It's not actually a staff, staff infection. It's a staff overgrowth. <laughs> That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that drives me bonkers because I think it's miseducating people. Um, and it's also projecting that there's a wrongness with their animal. Except, and I, we will have a conversation. I'm like, why don't you just pull all the carbohydrates? And it's amazing what will clear up. So that, do you have like a story about that? What are you looking at when that kind of stuff can maybe comes into your office? Well, the first thing I ask is why are you adding this stuff? You know, why are you adding the goat's milk? Why are you adding the pumpkin? Because it's like we were talking about at the beginning, sometimes people just do stuff because it's the thing. And with, you know, mm-hmm. especially with social media these days, which can <laughs> you know, can provide some good information, but there's a lot of not so good information. And a lot of, you know, people just start doing things and they don't even know why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. So maybe something worked in one pet. So somebody goes out there and posts like, yeah, my dog had Mm -hmm. diarrhea and I gave it pumpkin and the diarrhea went away. So my first thought is maybe the diarrhea would have gone away anyway. Like most of them do. Mm -hmm. Like my dogs get a soft stool and they're otherwise acting okay, I honestly, I don't even get worried about it. I give it a few days mm-hmm. and usually it's like, oh, they picked up something or they, you know, were nosing around, ate too much oregano out of the garden or whatever, which one of my dogs likes to do for some reason. Um, <laughs> maybe that's helping her keep a healthy biome. I don't know, but she loves, maybe. To, eat, she loves to eat oregano. Um, oh, that's interesting. So, that's but very the, cool. But I think, I think, the thing we need to realize sometimes there's this philosophy that more is better, that more is better. Well, we (laughs) add goat's milk. Well, what benefit does goat's milk have? Well, it's got, you know, enzymes and it's got all this stuff in, but does your dog really need it? It's, you know, it's a food for goats. And I look at it like, you'll be like, well, it's this complete nutrition and it's this complete food. Like, yeah, for baby goats, but is it appropriate for your dog? And I question, I, I question the use of dairy in general because dairy can be inflammatory. You know, in people, that's one, gluten and dairy are probably the two key things on the human side that are always eliminated when we have chronic inflammation, autoimmune disease, cancer, anything like that. Those are the things mm-hmm. that are eliminated. And even if it is raw and even if it is fermented, there's still these dairy proteins. And so I ask, you know, and again, if the dog's eating it and it's like 100% healthy, no problem, perfect poops, everything's great, then great, give them a little bit of goat's milk. But when we have chronic inflammation and I'm looking at what's causing it, I, I do what you said, Andy, I pull all the extras out. This is my quote unquote elimination diet. You know, conventional medicine, elimination diet, is you know getting down to like one single protein or something that my idea of an elimination diet is i stop supplements i stop things like dairy um pumpkin any additions where we don't have we don't know specifically that it's helping that pet because i will ask that question is the pumpkin do you notice a benefit when you feed pumpkin do you notice a benefit when you feed that goat's milk do you notice a benefit when you feed whatever other supplements the pet might be on and almost always 95 plus percent of the time they have no idea they just added stuff in because it sounded good so how do we know that that's not part of the problem so i think we have to pull all of that out get down to a basic 
fresh food diet. And if people just don't want to do raw, some people just, just have an issue with raw, just can't get on board with it. Um, some people that are vegetarians just don't want to go down that road. There's some, there are some decent freeze-dried and dehydrated products that are still way, way, way better than um, kibble or even canned food. Canned food isn't much better than kibble. It's a little lower in carb, um, but it's still really highly processed. A lot of them are basically just like dry food with a bunch of water added to it um, nutritionally. Um, but there are some options besides raw. So I say that because I don't want people to say, I don't, I can't do raw or for whatever reason, they don't believe that's going to work for their pet or it's not working for their pet. And then mm -hmm. they just go back to kibble. There are other options that don't involve you having to cook for your pet, which that's very time consuming. And a lot of people don't want to do that either, which I don't blame them. Um, but there, but there are. But I am shocked how many more will want to cook for their animal than do raw. And yeah. I'm like, the time. I'm like, really? Okay, because that was on my list way back in the day when I switched. I'm like, I ain't, I don't cook for me. I'm not cooking for them. So this had to be easy. So I do find that shocking still. That, and maybe that's the proof that they love their animal and they're going to go to this length to do that, and that's their comfort level, which is still better than kibble. So I'm not poo-pooing it. It's just shocking to me how many yeah. people will choose to do that me too, over going raw. Because I have two chihuahuas. They don't even eat a lot. And I, di I did go through a period <laughs> of time where I, where I cooked for them. And uh, it's it's a pain. And I can't imagine, like, mm -hmm. Andy, if you're herd <laughs> dogs. Yes. Cooking for them because... Judy's yeah. dogs don't eat anything. Like she goes and picks up her meat, what, like every three, four months. And I'm like there every other week and I, it's hundreds of dollars. And it's, and it's still something that I choose to do. It's, there's no other um, way I want to feed my animals or I'm going to choose to feed my animals. But and yeah, Judy is these two little dogs. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> CJ, just I cover the bottom of the dish. And this is a little dish. She's about an ounce and a half or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So they're tiny. Yeah. I actually go, I buy more now because I do sell some to clients or I like to have some on hand for clients. But yeah, when I was just feeding my dogs, yeah. Dee, Dee would ask, Oh, are you going to pick up food? I'm like, no, I bought food last month. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> food this month. So yeah. So, so getting all of that stuff out of the diet and asking why, why are you adding this stuff? You know, I think the internet there's so much information out there and a lot of the information I, I think in a lot of supplements is, is theoretical. I think in some dogs, you know, like depending on the issue, like I think pumpkin, cause it adds a little extra fiber. If you had a motility issue, the gut's just always running like too fast, giving it that little bit of extra fiber can help regulate gut motility. You know, so there are some, some things that it, it could provide benefit. But again, that, you know, I think a lot of people forget that the body can heal. And sometimes we just need to give it a break. Like I mentioned fasting before, you know, your, your dog has diarrhea, they got a little tummy ache. Most of them will just fast naturally, but then a, a lot of people mm -hmm. panic over that. That is their instinct. Yeah. That's the best thing they can do. We can learn from that. And we don't feel good when we're off for any reason. Sometimes the best thing to do 
is you stop eating for a day because then your body is not having to use the use its energy to digest food. That's a that's a highly um, or it, it's a high energy demand on the body to digest food. Mm-hmm. And if we give the body that break and your pet is not, your dog could go days without eating and it would be fine. But normally we wouldn't fast them that long. Fast them for 24 hours or if you just got to give them something, mm-hmm. give them a little bone broth or something like that. Yes. And let their, yes. and just I, I have clients their good rest. Take, yeah, and clients ask me, well, what do I do? I'm like, stop feeding it. And I say it that way to kind of like jar them a little bit. I'm like, if you don't feel well or you feel nauseous or you feel this, do you go out and eat? But for some reason, people think they need to shovel food in their animal at the appropriate times during the day, no matter what. And yeah, let's all just take a break. Let's take a breather. And def- and I always, and I'm not a veterinarian, but I'm like, you need to be aware when you got puppies and really senior dogs. I mean, those two sides of the scale, but everybody else can miss a couple meals. Yeah. And, and, you know, if it's persistent, um, you know, beyond 24 hours, um, my little CJ, she skips meals all the time. And, you know, if she went more than a day, I might start to get a little concerned, but, but I know that's her. And most of the time it's just one meal. And by the next meal, she's back, you know, begging for her food. So, well, her stomach Mm -hmm. just needed needed a rest and sometimes their instinct is is accurate and you know but for us humans like we want to to feel like our pets are okay i think sometimes we feel like they need to be eating and it's really not true sometimes Mm -hmm. that break is the best thing now we do always want them drinking water so they don't get dehydrated Mm -hmm. now they could go half a day without drinking water 10 or 12 hours but you know we get to 24 hours and they're not drinking that's, you know, we got to worry about dehydration and, you know, we, we need to be thinking about keeping, keeping them hydrated. But, you know, another really important thing, so I see a lot of, another knee-jerk reaction is, oh, my dog didn't eat, so they run him into the vet. And then what happens is they put him on medications. Well, anything, could you hear that sigh? Yeah. <laughs> anything that you put- I did put it too in, with you. <laughs> Anything that you put in the gut is going to further disrupt your microbiome. And sometimes in the short term, a medication may help. But then I question that too, because is it the medication that's helping or is the pet just getting better on its own? So I hear this all the time. Well, my dog had diarrhea and I went in and they put metronidazole and the diarrhea got better. Well, was it the, so then it's this association. Well, it was the metronidazole. Well, was it? Or would your dog have just gotten better on its own? And then we would not have further insulted the microbiome by adding in this medication, which is throwing things further out of whack. If we just give the body the chance to rebalance itself, the majority of time it will. And if we go, you know, more than a couple days, and like you said, it's a young puppy, it's a senior dog, then probably getting in, you know, getting some diagnostics done may be indicated but i but i think by far the majority of cases if we just give the body a, a little bit of a break it will rebalance and heal itself and i'm sure you've seen it i've seen it you know people that have the bottle of metronidazole in their cabinet and every six weeks the dog has this flare-up and they do it and it fixes it but they you know, they have this point of view that they've gotten from their vet that they are now just on that whenever this happens. And 
I, I explain it as yes, and then you get this rebound effect. And so you hit it again, and you get this rebound effect, and you hit it again. Each time that assault to that microbiome, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, and how much? Agree? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And they're going to be becoming more and more dependent. I would bet on those pets mm -hmm. that they're needing to do it more and more often. And I yeah. think also... Yes, and I know Andy, you know, you look at the you look at the energetic side of things a lot, as do I. And I think just the pet parent giving this pill and saying, Okay, my dog's gonna get better now. And that takes the stress mm -hmm. out of the situation yeah. rather than, yeah. oh my God, my dog is sick. Because the I mean our pets pick up on they know us better than we know ourselves. I'm pretty convinced of mm -hmm. that. And and when you're worried and stressed, oh my pet's sick, my you know, then you're if you're if your pet is stressed, so stress, we haven't even touched on this yet, has a huge no. impact <laughs> on the microbiome. Stress actually mm -hmm. and they're they're um, proving this now in people that just being stressed will change the microbiome and then you actually can grow bacteria that perpetuate that stress that actually perpetuate anxiety because of the byproducts of this of these bacteria so if you're stressed and your dog's picking up on that then uh -huh. that could also be perpetuating the problem and you give that dog that pill and you say okay that's it. My dog's going to get better now. Yeah. Everything relaxes. Right. Is that why? Could you could you give a placebo? Yeah. What if we put placebo? Oh, that would be a great experiment, wouldn't it? That would be a great placebos, experiment. <gasps> if we could put placebos in that bottle of metronidazole, and yeah. I bet you anything the dog's list to get better. I, I, I would not take that bet because I bet you're right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been proven yeah, in people too. The you know, oh, placebo, yeah. the placebo effect and the nocebo effect, you know, when you tell somebody that they're going to die in three months and they yep. do, whether they they're do. sick or not, but they're told it's that when they're going to die. It's when you buy into a, yep, it's when you buy into a point of view, it creates your reality. And yeah, and I've talked about it here a lot on a very simple level. The, the owners that come in and go, yeah, my dog's a little sore, fix something here that dog gets better instantly. The one that's like, oh my God, this is what happened. And this is what happened. And this might be this. And I've been over here and we we're doing this and this and this and this and this, that dog. Oh, you know, that takes a much longer to heal if they even choose to heal because they're getting projected on so much that something is wrong with them, whatever that may be. And yes, here's your pill. If it actually has an active ingredient or not, what could it change? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to do that, like yeah. maybe do like some, <laughs> here's the magic pill for your dogs. This will make your dog better. Yes. How many of them actually happens. do? Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. All right, my friend, I want to thank you again for coming to Dr. Andy's world. We always have great conversations and get great information out into the world. Um, hopefully people are listening. <laughs> And really listening, like really like getting it that every dog is different. Why are you doing things? Um, what is going to work for your animal? Like all of the stuff that I, you know, you say and I say over and over and over again, um, because it is, it's all individual. And if you follow traditional med people or animals, they like to put you in a box and we don't ever belong in a box. Every right. being is different. I always like to say, you know, I don't treat diagnosis. People say, how do you treat this? How do you treat that? Like, I don't treat 
diagnoses, I treat pets. And I look at the pet mm -hmm. and I look at everything that's going on with the pet. And then I look at my goal is maximizing their quality of life. But it's always, yep. it's always individual. So don't get hung up on a diagnosis. I, I treat cancer patients that go way beyond the conventional projections for how long they're going to live and how, how they're going to do mm -hmm. because we take a healing approach and we support the body. And that's, right. that's what we need to be doing. And remember that the body, can, the body has everything it needs to heal. And sometimes the most important thing as humans is we just need to get out of the way because we do more harm sometimes, <laughs> I'm afraid. Sometimes. I'm guilty of that too. That's not a criticism. Uh, Anybody you know, out there, I do it too. It's, it's human nature. You know, it's, it's yeah, sometimes. We all have our moments. Because we think we're so smart and we can just get in there and mm -hmm. we can manipulate stuff and we can make it better. And I think sometimes we just need to take a step back, quit insulting the body, you know, feed the healthy food, quit vaccinating, quit medicating, quit giving a whole bunch of supplements that you don't even know what's helping and then get out of the way and then, you know, see what the pet's body mm -hmm. is, is capable of doing. That's awesome. Love it. Love it. So I know you are local here in the Denver metro area if people would like to see you, but you're also doing consults around the U.S., I'm mm -hmm. right? Am I yep. correct? Absolutely. So, yep. So where where um, and how can people get a hold of you? So my website is ahavet.com. So it's Animal Healing Arts is the name of my uh, practice. So ahavet.com. Our email is info at ahavet.com. And our phone number is 720-515-2421. And yeah, I'm happy to see people in person. And I do actually see you in person. You actually come in. I have a little home practice, but you do actually get to come in with your pet. People seem to really like that in these days of COVID. And uh, But I can also do yep. phone and Zoom too. And we can do a lot that way. You can send me records if your pet's been in um, and has had lots of work up, it's been checked out, had, you know, lots of lab work done. And there's really nothing we need to look at in person. We're more going over the history then we can do that via phone or Zoom. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you, my friend, for joining me in the pumpkin patch today. On Dr. Oh, this is world. And so much fun. We will, good. And we will have you back. Of course, All right. we'll, we'll yes. have another fun, fun topic. So thank you so much. We're going to take a break and we will be right back here on Dr. Andy's World. All right. Thanks, Andy. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. What do you know about animals? What do you know about your animals? Have you ever considered you might know more than you think you know? Welcome to Dr. Andy's World where we celebrate all things animals and their people. Join Dr. Andy as she brings some fresh perspectives and fabulous guests to the conversation about animal care, communication, nutrition, behavior, training, and much more. It's all about empowering you to know what you know about your animals, the world, and everything in between. Check out everything going on in Dr. Andy's world at drandysworld.com. And you can join Dr. Andy live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain, and 2 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. What if the world doesn't function the way we've been told? What if we truly can bend the laws of physical reality? What if we can end limitation? What if weird were the coolest thing you could be? 
And what if it's time for a totally different reality? Are you ready to create it? Are you ready to dream as big as you dare? Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question, and everything in my life changed for me. This is your invitation to step into something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Shakespeare, Gandhi, Galileo, and Aristotle all knew to be true. It's not about the answer. It's about being the question, always. It's about truly being you, whatever that looks like, and changing this world. Is now the time? Start by signing up for a free video series at beingyouclass.com. That's beingyouclass.com. What if you are the gift and the change this world requires? beingyouclass.com. This is Dr. Andy's World Podcast with facilitator of all things animals, Dr. Andy. Bring your questions to the show. Call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. In Canada, 613-800-8736. Or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also join us in the virtual chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com slash chat room. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everybody, and all my magical friends here to Dr. Andy's World. We have been talking with Dr. Judy Jasek in the pumpkin patch. Today, we had a great conversation about carbohydrates, microbiome, of course, feeding raw, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, doing less, not more, would contribute to you and your animals. Okay, you are listening to Dr. Andy's World with myself, Dr. Andy, and we are here on Inspired Choices Network, and I am here every Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain, and 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, we'd love for you to join us every Friday um, and then find us across the internet. I don't know. I think we're over 50 or 60 different podcast platforms. So pretty much, I'm pretty sure, there we go, um, you can find me wherever you like to listen. Okay, so what is up in Dr. Andy's world? Of course, we have our regular email list. If you're getting emails about the show, you are on that list. Nicely done. If you'd like to get email reminders, scroll down on your podcast page, click the link um, and get, um, I think that'll take you to where you get three of my favorite podcasts um, in the past seasons here at Dr. Andy's World. They are my favorites. They've been handpicked. Um, you can listen to those and then they'll get you on the email list. Um, I'm here on Fridays on the Fire Choices Network. I am also on my Facebook page, Dr. Andy Harper, every Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. And we do a live chat, whatever that chat may be. Uh, lately, we've been talking about superpowers because what if everybody has superpowers that they can use on a daily basis for themselves and with their animals and beyond? Okay, and let's see. Oh, yeah, submit your questions. Submit your requests. Do you have a, a specific, a specific? there we go, guest you would like to have on the show? Do you have a specific question about what's going on with your pet? Send them in to Dr. Andy. Ask Dr. Andy. That's also on your podcast page. And coming up October 27th at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, we are going off the rails. And we're staying with the Halloween seasonal theme, when the fairy tale becomes your nightmare. So we're talking about relationships of all kinds with that one. I am so excited to see where that goes. Come play. We're just going to have fun. That's all that is. It's a free 
call with me. We'll get on Zoom and we will giggle all about when the fairy tale becomes your nightmare, October 27th at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. <sighs> Next week's show. So that's coming up in what? four days or so. So come play, come play. And then next week's show, October 30th, 2020, Animals and Entities, What Does Your Animal Know? With my special guest, Dr. Adriana Popescu. Woohoo! Um, I think that was actually correct. And we are going to talk more about entities. If you caught the earlier show in the month, so much fun. And now we're going to take those tools and processes from access and play with animals and entities. So I dare you, join us. We might just have too much fun. Okay, we're going to take one last break here on Dr. Andy's World. And when we come back, we'll do a little bit of Ask Dr. Andy. So we'll be right back. What do you know about animals? What do you know about your animals? Have you ever considered you might know more than you think you know? Welcome to Dr. Andy's World, where we celebrate all things animals and their people. Join Dr. Andy as she brings some fresh perspectives and fabulous guests to the conversation about animal care, communication, nutrition, behavior, training, and much more. It's all about empowering you to know what you know about your animals, the world, and everything in between. Check out everything going on in Dr. Andy's world at drandysworld.com. And you can join Dr. Andy live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain, and 2 p.m. Pacific on inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Dr. Andy's World Podcast with facilitator of all things animals, Dr. Andy. Bring your questions to the show. Call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255, in Canada, 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also join us in the virtual chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com slash chatroom. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my magical friends, or forward into Dr. Andy's world. Um, we are headed into our final segment of today's show in the pumpkin patch with my, with my favorite, special, good friend, Dr. Judy Jasek. We had a great conversation about carbohydrates and how they are affecting your animal and their microbiome. And so today for Ask Dr. Andy, I, none of the questions actually popped but what did pop was a conversation I had previously had with um, my wonderful giggly producer, Keisha. And she brought up with the change of seasons, see, we're working on this theme thing right here, is, and hot meats, cold meats, warm meats, neutral meats. So what if it's now time to change your animal's meats? Um, this does actually apply if you're doing kibble. It applies even more if you're feeding raw. So hot meats, this is all based on um, acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine. You can Google this. Actually, Honest Kitchen, I believe, has a great chart. I like theirs the best. Um, and maybe we can even find a way to, if you're on the email list, we'll pop that into an email for you to go look. But now the weather is getting cooler, at least it is here in Colorado. You can start feeding some of your hotter meats, which are venison which it, and chicken, 
um, if your dog can handle chicken. So you can switch to your hotter, hotter meats. I believe lamb is also hotter. So if you happen to feed kibble and you've been doing beef because it's neutral for the summer, you can now kick it up a notch in the winter. So, you know, in the age of technology, how much do we not um, eat in the flow of the seasons anymore? And how much more can we and our animals get in touch with the earth and the seasons? Now, how much is your diet changing? Do you continue with all the fun, you know, light salads of the summer? Or are you now switching and thinking more of, you know, your stews? Um, what if we went and did, you know, added more warm bone broth to your animal's food? So what if we switched it up for the seasons? Uh, let's see, beef is neutral. Let me see. Um, I know venison is hot, so I ordered venison for my kiddos. They haven't had it all summer. They love it. Um, chicken is hot. I believe turkey is neutral. Pork is neutral. Um, I, fish is usually cooling. And so... If you happen to, even though we're going into these cooler months, if you have a really hot inflamed dog, feeding fish is helpful. Whole fish, raw fish. I know everybody let, um, loves to go to the fish oil, but most of those fish oils are already rancid because they have very, very fragile bonds. So any kind of shipping, even if it's not hot or cold, breaks those bonds. So be very aware of that with fish oil. Keisha asked about salmon. I, salmon may not be as cooling as, let's say, your mackerels and your sardines. I, you'd have to check that one, um, but I believe in general fish is cooling. That's why one of the reasons I believe they may not be aware that that's one of the reasons that um, veterinarians recommend like a fish kibble. If you're having an allergic dog, you're having a hot, red, itchy dog, and you go to a fish, um, that tends to cool them off a little bit, and it's a little easier on their system. So what if we take a look at this? What if you uh, check out that chart? What if you switched up your protein sources for the cooler month to support your dog system? So we're going to, yeah. So I guess I'm, I, oh my goodness, another one, another one bites the dust here on Dr. Andy's world. Um, if you missed the first couple segments with Dr. Judy Jasek, I recommend you go back and listen to that. We are in the pumpkin patch today. We were talking about carbohydrates and your animals. And until we meet again, my magical friends, how much fun can you have with your animals? Thank you for joining us for Dr. Andy's World Podcast. Join us again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain, and 2 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until next time, how much fun can you have with your animals?